Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Let's go ahead and get started. I appreciate everybody coming out. Uh, Hopefully this turns out okay. Hopefully this doesn't last for a long time. We don't have to do this for for a while. Um, This is weird. This is different. Not being able to see you guys, not being able to listen to you. That's one of the funnest parts about class is getting to hear your side, uh, what you think. So um, this is kind of just me talking to me. I see my face here, so it's kind of freaky. Now, now I know what it's like to be you guys, and I'm surprised you stick around. So uh, really what I want to talk about today, something that was been on my mind for a little while, I hear a lot of um, backgrounds to old hymns. And how they were written and why they were written, uh, who wrote them, the lives that was going on in those uh, surrounding the time that they were written, um, just the background in general, and it's and it's really pretty cool. Some of the ones that you know, some of the stories behind them. So I found this book. It's got 101 hymn stories, and so I, I've just been kind of reading. Um, some of the backgrounds on some of these stories where they came about. And I've settled on one that's called Abide With Me. I don't know how many of you know this song. Uh, to be honest, I've never heard it before. Um, it was it was written very, very long ago by a fellow by the name of Henry F. Light. He lived... Um, in the age time of 1793 to 1847. He wrote this particular hymn at the end of his life. In fact, it was one of the last two things that he ever wrote. Um, it was written in 1847. He was an English pastor. He was um, educated at the Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland. He was a member of the Church of England his entire life. He was known for his, what they said was frail body, but strong in spirit and faith. This fella lived his entire life faced with bad asthma, asthma, asthma and tuberculosis. All right? So he struggled with his health conditions his entire life. And yet, he was an established poet, he was an established musician, and from what I understand, he was a a great minister. Despite his horrible um, health conditions, this fella was a worker for God. He didn't quit, he didn't give up, he gave it his all 100%. 
Uh, he didn't let his asthma, he didn't let his tuberculosis, um, his just overall weak stature, hold him down. Uh, he, he just gave everything that he had. In fact, he is known for a phrase that I, you know what, I really, really enjoyed this phrase, like this phrase. He coined the phrase, it is better to wear out than rust out. Um, that's one of the cool things, you know, you, you have these individuals that their ministries change as they progress in their age. Um, but they constantly are working for God. Their, their limitations um, may grow, but they find ways to still serve God. And instead of quitting and giving up, um, they find ways to continue. And this, this particular guy, um, even though he had bad health conditions... He still found a way. His mentality was, no matter what my body says, I will find a way to serve God. So, for his last 23 years of his life, he pastored a very, very small church um, of in a fishing town near um, Lower Brixham, England. It's Devonshire, England, all right? So, it was a small fishing community. His last sermon was preached... Uh, September 4th of 1847. It is told that his health was so bad at this time that he literally had to crawl to the pulpit. Now, his health had gotten so bad that he had decided that he was going to have to go to Italy. He had to seek warmer weather. Physically, he could no longer live in England in the harsh temperatures that he was uh, having to go through. So he preached this last sermon on September 4th. He preached it with all that he had, but they said that it was as if um, the message came from a dying man. And that's just, his just health was so bad, right? Uh, I picture him just leaning on the pulpit or, or, or you know, sitting in a chair. I just picture him you know, just preaching the word, but just physically just taxed. But he left these final words to his sermon. He said that uh, his desire was to induce you to prepare for the solemn hour, which must come to all by timely appreciation and dependence on the death of Christ. That sermon and hymn is said to be written at, at, at his, his, the final Sunday. On his way to Rome, Italy, he passed away. He, was, he, he didn't make it to where he was going. And in fact, he wrote the words, but it wasn't until many years later, a fellow by the name of William H. Monk composed the, the music, however that would, to go along with the words. Um, but it was based off of the, the Bible verse in Luke chapter 24. And if you've got your Bibles, and if you're wanting to follow along, or if you're just sitting there listening to me talk, the Bible verse itself says, Luke 24, verse 29, it says, But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward, toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. So it's based off the right there where they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. Now, 
what this story is, if you go back to the very beginning of chapter 24, all right, let me get a little, little drink here, out of my good cup there, Dwight. This is the story in chapter 24, it begins and opens up with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen, right? It starts with Christ is risen. Uh, it walks down through the first 12 verses here um, that the stone is rolled away. The, the women have come and found that he is gone. Um, they, uh, Peter runs to see at some point. Uh, he does, you know, the women run back um, to tell everybody else. They talk to um, the angels at the side in, in verse 6 there. It says he is not here, but he is ri risen. Um, they mention there, it says, remember how he spake unto you that he was yet in Galilee. So the first 12 chapters here is hopeful for all of us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's mass confusion going on here, right? They didn't get it for some reason. They, they spent their time with Christ, but the resurrection kind of caught them off guard um, you see there in verse 12, Peter says, Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher and stooping down to behold the linen and the clothes laid by themselves and departed wondering in himself at that which was come to pass, right? Because he didn't understand it. It just, for whatever reason, they didn't grasp this. So when we move on to the next set of verses, 13 through 16, you have two men. One is by the name of Cleopas. Um, the other one is not mentioned. It is not said who the other one is. But um, they speculate. Some people say Luke. Other people say it's Peter. Uh, it doesn't say. I'm not going to split hairs over Luke or Peter. or, or uh, It may be Gary. I don't know. And you can come up with whoever you want. It may have been Bob. You know what I mean? Um, but they were traveling to Emmaus. And this was a pretty long walk. Seven or eight miles was going on here. And their eyes, uh, they were discussing, it says 16, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Christ comes up to them as a stranger, right? So 13 and 16, that's where he they end there in 16. As they're walking in, in 13 through 16, there it says, and they walked together and all these things which had happened and it came to pass. You know, verse 13, and behold, the two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three furlongs. They walked together. They talked about what was going on. They're rummaging this around in their head like, listen, what's just happened here? He's gone. Um, they run into this stranger, verse 16, but their eyes were holding that they should know them. They bump into Jesus himself, um, but... They don't recognize that it's Christ. Now, uh, just for a minute there, there are times in our life that um, we're not paying attention that God's right there with us. And, and I see that here in verse 15, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But they didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him. In my personal life, I look back now and think, that's where Christ was taking care of me. That's where he was helping me. That's where he was lifting me up. That's where he was looking out for me. I, you know, I, I don't know everyone's life 
But I would imagine that of the 12 people here and the rest of them that may watch later, that everyone can look back and say, I didn't recognize this, but he was with me. And in this this plague that I'm calling it, that we're in, I, I don't know the reason for it. I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know how much worse it's going to get. But I know that if we are faithful, he stands with us. Now, I don't know how deep it's going to get. I don't know how much trouble we're going to get into. I don't know how many of you are, are able to work or how many of you are not able to work. But rest assured that God's not going to leave his children high and dry. I don't know what that will look like, but he's going to be with us. In this situation, these guys are confused. Um, chaos has gone on. They don't know what's happening here. And he walks right up to them. And he starts to talk to him, um, not recognizing, but they begin to talk with him. He basically says, what manner of communication, in verse 17, uh, are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? So he walks up to him and says, you guys are sad. What does it matter? What is? What are you guys talking about? What is going on? Sadly, the world looks at Christians in this time. We take our plague that's going on. And we're fearful, we're scared, we're sorrow, sorrowful. He says, why? Why are you so sad? Why are you so down? Why? Are, what's going on? So they begin to talk. And the next verses, all the way through 24, is basically that conversation where they talk about, and they're laying it out. Um, they answer and says, You're, are you a stranger to Jerusalem? Hast thou not known of these things which have come to pass in these days? Uh, and he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all people. Right? So they're saying, Have you not heard of what has happened to this prophet, this Jesus? Um, how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to condemn to death and have crucified him? So they're walking through. Now listen, this is the you know, this is the beginning of what we should be sharing the gospel with people. We should be telling the world, "Hey, do you not know about Jesus Christ?" Now, here they call him a prophet. We know him to be the risen savior because we know what's happened. You know, we recognize here that they don't understand that he was risen. Why are we not telling these people, "Hey, have you not heard about Jesus Christ? Have you not heard what he's done? It says 21, but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. He's saying, this is where they, they slip. This is where we, in the future, recognize that he didn't fail, that he did rise on the third day, just like he said he would. And he did so for us. Um, their concern, verse 22, yea, and certain women, they walk about, talks about here, certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. So, you know, they're walking through this process and says, they found not his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said he was alive, right? Why are we not taking this time to tell the world that Christ, even in this plague, even in this hard time, he is alive. 
You see, we're struggling ourselves in this hard time about what is going to happen to me. When we have God, we have Christ standing right next to us, wanting to know why are we so sad? Why are we so down? Verse 24 comes on to tell us, says that, uh, just continues to, the, sorry, just continues on, and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even so they, the women, have said, but him they saw not, right? So they walk through this story uh, telling uh, this stranger that he wasn't there, that Christ is gone. We don't know what happened to him. So Christ being Christ, the way he does, he asks questions. Um, he actually comes back at them and says, uh, he, he says in verse 25, he says, Then he said unto them, O fools, I love when, God, when he does stuff like that, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to in, enter into his glory? So he makes this statement here, and then verse 27 is, is, I really enjoy this, I love this verse. He begins to speak to him about Moses and the prophets. He now has to go back. It's kind of like what we're doing in our Sunday school class, in, in our stories, back to the Bible stories. We're, we're going back to the basics, back to the beginning, and walking back through all of these stories that we were taught as young little lads. Now, uh, you know, I wasn't never little. Um, but I was young, okay? And so Christ begins in verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And, and this is what we talk about in Sunday school all the time. Christ is in the Old Testament. The Jewish people didn't see it, hence the crucifixion, right? They didn't like what he was preaching. They didn't recognize he, Christ, as the coming Messiah, and, and, and even at the very beginning, it mentions, it talks about how he was supposed to be, uh, where was it? In verse 21, and he, he which should have redeemed Israel. So sometimes we get so caught up in our tradition, we get so caught up in ourselves, our own minds, that we're not paying any attention that things are changing, right? But they're changing because we've been looking at them wrong the whole time. Christ is in the Old Testament. They didn't see him in the Old Testament because they didn't want to see him in the Old Testament. They wanted to see him as this conquering king that was coming. And that's that's not wasn't his plan yet, praise the Lord, yet. He's coming later as the conquering king, but he first has to come as the lamb, the slaughtered lamb to pay for the sins. And so... We have him walking through this. He's talking to him about the Old Testament, about where he is at. This is why we should be studying the Word of God, so that we see what is needed and can discern right from wrong the entire time. Verse 28 says, And they drew nigh unto the village where they went. So it was getting dark. They got, or not dark, they were getting close to where they were heading, right? So it's like we're walking from Hilltop and we're heading back to Northwest here, Lori and I. And we run across this, this traveler and 
you know, all of what he is telling them, he, it makes sense to them. So they constrain him. It says in verse 29, right? Because he was going to act like he was going to continue. But they ask. They constrain him. And this is where it starts. Abide with us. Now they go on and say, because it's evening and the day is far spent. Um, and so it ends there with him living, or him living, him staying the evening. But what I love the fact here is, is that they heard... the teaching of Jesus Christ. And confused were they? Yes. Chaos had happened? Absolutely. Crucifixion had happened. Now there's this empty tomb. They don't really know what's going on. But these two found peace in hearing the word of God from the stranger. Now, first thing I want to say here is we are in a world that is confused and in chaos. Only the word of God, only Jesus Christ can give us peace and can give them peace. The problem is, is we're not asking Christ to abide with us in this hard time. We're trying to run out to Kroger and Walmart and Meyer, guilty of this right here. Try and find that toilet paper, right? Because it's nowhere to be found. Can't find toilet paper nowhere. Yeah, because of this plague. Sometimes we just need to find comfort. Henry Light, despite his health, found joy and comfort in the things of God. Cleopas and the Traveler, despite of this confusion and uncertainty, they found chaos, in their chaos, they found comfort in the scripture from what Christ had taught to them. We face uncertainty. And even if there wasn't a plague, listen, we know we live in a world, in a time where Christians are getting less and less respect and more and more attacked. We're on our own, more and more so. The laws are being changed the outlooks have changed. People don't respect God's house. Listen, his own people don't even respect the house of God anymore. We struggle with a lot of uncertainty. This is the time that we should come back with our families. Maybe this is a great pause for the Lord to say, listen, your families have been caught so caught up in sports and work, and school, and video games, and iPod, or iPods, that's showing my age there, iPhones, and cell phones, and all this other stuff, we're all so caught up in the things of the world, listen, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm trying to purchase things for a church new soundboard, and I log into my Amazon, and they're telling me it's a week, and I'm like, a week! How spoiled am I to where I have to wait a week for something, for some cables, and I'm frustrated? Maybe it's time for us all to learn a little patience, a little calming down, recognize that, you know what really matters in this time of isolation is our family. Because the weaker our family is, the weaker our churches are going to be. If, our, if husbands and wives can't grow on this this particular time where basically they're forced to be together then 
what chance does the church have? If, if we can't get to know our children when they're not at school now, listen, those public schools are so indoctrinating our children that really the blessing to this is that there are a lot of children not being indoctrinated right now. Sadly, our homes are not taking this chance to focus on what is needed to be done, and that's teaching our children, reasoning with them from the Scriptures to abide in Christ. Ask Him to abide with you. Find comfort and joy with Him. No matter what will come, abide in Him. So I want to read the words of this hymn. And I may do some more of these. I may just kind of work through some more of these hymns because I just think it's really interesting. But I want you to understand these words because this, this comes from a fella, a guy that was sick. He was physically weak, unable to do. What do we make excuses for? Oh, I can't now. Right now, we're not allowed out, and, and I know we're social distancing. But I'm pre-plague and post-plague. What what excuses do we make for not sharing the gospel, not reasoning with the scriptures, with strangers? What reason do we have to not come to church, not come to Sunday school, not serve the way that we should be? What is more important? See, in our lesson, in our, our verses, we have individuals that they missed that Christ was the risen king. He had to come back and go back to these people to show that I, that I rose. Like I told you, you know, like I say to people all the time, if you had just listened to me in the first place, we wouldn't have this problem, right? He reasoned with them and he had to go back to the Old Testament. Henry F. Light had horrible medical conditions, but till the day he died, he was still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. His dying words, or his last sermon text was that he wanted people to understand that Christ is coming soon. We cannot get around the death. All of us will die. All of us will stand before God. We will all one day atone, or, or, or well, I can't think of the word. We'll all stand there and give an account for the life that we lived and the service that we did or did not choose to stand in. Abide with me. The song goes like this. And I'm not going to sing it for you, so you don't have to worry about that. I know you guys are excited. You thought you were going to have to hear me sing, and you're probably about to shut this off here. But you don't have to hear me sing. The words are simple. Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When others, when other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, O oh, abide with me. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joy grows dim and glories pass away. Change and decay in all around, I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. 
What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself may guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine, O abide with me. Hold thou thy word before my closing eyes, shine through the gloom and point to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks and earth's vain shadows flee. In life and death, O Lord, abide with me. So I'm going to end it there. And life is fleeting. Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no, fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I ask you guys that in this time of plague, virus, whatever you want to call this time, that even though things are hard and confusing, let's get back to God. Let's get back to where we're comforted by his words. Get back to asking him to abide with us. Refocus so we can come out of this a lot stronger and better than we went into it. 